1: you back to your seat so we can begin the Bible study. So uh, as I mentioned before, Ross and Barb are out of town this weekend. So we invited one of our regulars back, uh, Pastor Bobby from Big Valley Grace Community Church in Modesto, California. And uh, you know, it's been neat just to have uh, Bobby and his wife uh, come up. It's the third, fourth time you've been out down here. It's been pretty exciting. And so Uh, Last time they came, their church took an offering and brought a fire offering here to our church to help minister to us because they heard that, you know, there was almost 40 people in this fellowship who lost their homes in the fires. Uh, So they were just, you know, right alongside us. Uh, Pastor Rick has led one of our men's retreats before. So it's just been neat just to connect with with you, Bobby. And I know you guys are going to be blessed. And so why don't we welcome uh, Pastor Bobby up to the stage. Thank you.
0: Well, good morning. Uh, it really is good to see you all. And uh, my wife and I, it's a real treat to be up here. Um, we actually were able to come up on uh, Friday afternoon, evening, and we have just enjoyed what silence sounds like. <laughs> and <laughs> as we've got four beautiful, wonderful, loud kids uh, ages 14 to six, and uh, so it's amazing, the sound of silence, it's just beautiful. <laughs> it's really, really been lovely, and the weather has been just fantastic, and so we're just really, really grateful to, uh, to get to be here with you this morning. And it is, a, uh, it is just special uh, just to have been able to make some relationships here, and to be able to uh, be in your fellowship uh, today and study the Word of God uh, together uh, today And uh, it's been an interesting uh, start to 2019. Um, How many of you have maybe broken a resolution already? Yeah, (laughs) I get it. Uh, How many of you just don't make resolutions so you don't have to worry about breaking them? (laughs) Get it, totally get it. Well, um, 2019, um, I, I, I was a part of something, or I witnessed something that I had never seen live before. And it really, really had an impact. Um, in my line of, of work, um, I go to a lot of funerals. It's just part of uh, the ministry through funerals is one of the most beautiful ministries that we actually have the honor to be a part of. And we have a lot of funerals, um, but this particular funeral, um, you probably heard about it in the news. Um, uh, there was a police officer in, in Stanislaus County that uh, uh, married, had a, Six-month-old child and Christmas night or Christmas day was was gunned down. And uh, as you guys know, when something happens in your community, it really grips a community. And unfortunately, uh, we've had more since uh, now in Davis. Um, But there was a moment where um, the funeral took place and I went downtown. The funeral happened to be in Modesto. And I went downtown, it was raining, and I couldn't believe, first of all, how many people just in the community showed up. We're just lined, lined uh, with people. And there was this moment where the the funeral got out and the procession started. I'd never seen anything like that. Where the the motorcycle cops go down first and everybody's just standing there and, then the the hearse goes by and then the family goes by. There were three busloads of family and then hundreds of police cars. I've never seen anything like it. But you looked into the eyes of these families in these police cars, saw lots of spouses in the cars with them. That was a, uh, a moment that I will never forget in my life and just a couple days ago, a good friend of mine, is his mother died. So I was at a funeral just a couple days ago. And funerals are really, really interesting things, whether they're uh, kind of extremely unique like this police officer's funeral or maybe a little bit more routine or average looking like this funeral I was at the other day. But the wisest man who ever lived Solomon said this about funerals. He said, better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies, so the living should take this to heart. And it's really interesting when you think about 2018 for a moment, there were people that we all know that in 2018 they had a funeral. None of us had a funeral, our funeral in 2018. But what about 2019? Every one of us is going to die so the living should take this to heart. And it's interesting, I, I, uh, I, brought, a, I brought a rope and uh, this rope in fact, Ben, maybe you could help me out. Maybe you could hold it up best you can over there. This rope in, uh, in, is intended to represent at least a, what eternity might look like, so to speak. And okay, obviously, eternity doesn't have an end to it, doesn't have a beginning to it, but you get the picture. This is probably 100 feet of rope, at least. Just imagine this rope going on forever and ever and ever and ever and and then this part right here, this little part, that represents our life. And it just seems so small and insignificant as it relates to eternity, right? Just a little scratch of time when you consider all of eternity. For the average man, I believe lives to be about 75, 76 years old. Average woman, ladies, you live a little bit longer. I believe it's about 81 years old. We don't know though, right? That police officer didn't didn't make it to, to 76. We don't know. None of us know how long our little part is going to be. But what's interesting is how we live our life has eternal impacts, and it probably makes sense that we would really pay attention and take seriously this little part that you and I all get to uh, get to live. Thanks, Ben. That's that's good. James four fourteen says this: You do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Just think about that. Life is just a vapor. It's here and it's gone. It might seem like a whole lot more than a vapor to us because we don't have an eternal perspective, at least like we maybe we should. But today I wanna take a look at life. I wanna take a look at 2019 knowing none of us are even promised tomorrow. But we're alive and so we should definitely take this to heart. And whether or not you're a resolution person or not, I'm gonna gonna look at four resolutions today. At least things that I think everybody who names the name of Jesus Christ, that it would be smart if we resolved to make a commitment to these things in 2019. Our primary text today is gonna be from Philippians chapter three, verse 12 through chapter four, verse one. If you wanna turn there, I know the verses are on the screen as well. Just to give a little context to this, uh, this is written by the apostle Paul in the first century. And oftentimes you hear when Paul writes that he wrote it from prison, but I just wanna take a second and not move past that. He wrote this in prison. I don't know exactly what, uh, what your situation is today, but for most of us, we got pretty good. I'm really grateful to not be in prison. The day is short, but, or <laughs> young, but uh, we'll see. I do have to drive home. <laughs> this letter that he wrote to the Philippians, it was really a thank you letter. He was given a gift by this church and he wanted to write a letter to say thanks, but I love the fact that he didn't just write a thank you card, he goes, hey, as long as I'm at it, I got a few things to share. In this letter, he gave an update, just a personal update about him and his ministry. He gave some encouragement To the people of this church, he he exhorted the people. And then he also gave a warning. And so I really want us, as we're reading through this text, to really think about Paul in prison writing to us even today. He loves us, he loves fellow believers and he's got a message for us that we should pay attention to even in the year 2019. And so let's pick up in verse 12 and it says this, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made, has made me his own. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. Stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I, uh, I acknowledge your presence here with us. We know that you live in the hearts of your people. You are here. And Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would, would work this morning Father, that you would use your word and you would use just the, the things that you have put upon my heart, Father, that you would take them and, and you would make them meaningful and useful in each and every one here this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. It is mighty. It is true. And we are thankful that we get to study it this morning. And I pray that we would just not know your word better, but that we would really do what it says. And I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. So I kind of, uh, in my mind as I read this and I've read this over and over and over in preparation for this morning and have really enjoyed this passage over the years, this entire book, in fact, I kind of imagine Paul almost like a coach. It's like saying, okay, press on, stand firm, Feel like there's, a, there's some motivating going on, but there's also some warning goings on. And I want to start, like I said, with four resolutions, things that we can resolve to do in 2019 with whatever days that God gives us, knowing again that we are not promised tomorrow. And resolution number one comes from verses 12 through 16. It's the resolve to press on. Just to look again at verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on. If you think about Paul and what he was experiencing, persecution like you and I, I assume, have never experienced. And he goes, you know what, though? I'm pressing on. There's work to do. Press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made it his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind is we even think about going into 2019 and the things that we may be thinking about that were in 2018 or even years prior so that we can strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal he got it, Paul understood. There's a goal and the goal is not to just have the most comfortable life here possible. The goal is not to pay all our bills. The goal is not to be able to retire and, and, and live, live a great life. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Those who name the name of Christ have a prize. We have a prize waiting for us. That is a prize like no other. Let those of us who are mature think this way. You wanna be a mature follower of Jesus Christ, you need to think this way. And if anything, anything you think otherwise, this is the good news. God will reveal that to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. I wanna read uh, a couple other supporting passages. Hebrews 12, one and two says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. And as we think about pressing on, how many of us this morning are carrying aside weight from 2018 or maybe weight from things decades ago? We're still holding on to it. And it's weighing us down. And sin, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And oftentimes, Paul describes the Christian walk, the Christian life, as a race, as a marathon of which we need to have endurance. Not a, a real fast start, and then we just get tired and we're not able to, to run anymore. Or we we got dehydrated and we, we had to sit out for a while. We need to run this race with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. Man, think about all the things that we look toward. Let's be honest here this morning. There's a lot of different things that we look toward. And hopefully we're looking toward Jesus and then every now and then we look away, right? It's like like Peter, walking on water, looks away, starts to sink, that's you and I. We need to look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. One more, Philippians 1, six, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, God's not done with you yet. Don't stop. Keep going. God is not done working in you and through you. I want you to think about for, for a moment. Just think about lost friends, family members. Maybe some that you've been praying for for years, for decades. Don't stop. Keep praying. Keep sharing. Keep inviting. Keep proclaiming. And I understand you may be weary. There may be times where you feel like, it's not gonna make a difference. And Paul says, press on, keep going. Don't let the bad stuff from the past weigh you down. And I'm sure every one of us has a story to tell about things from our past. They could be from yesterday, from last week, from last year, they could be from our childhood, who knows. Maybe there's some things that are just awful. They were hard, they're painful. Are they weighing you down today from pressing on? Because we are warned against that, that to be effective, we cannot let the pain, the disappointment, the hurt, the heartache from the past weigh us down. But I would also say we have to be careful about letting maybe the good stuff Weigh us down, meaning, man, everything's great. 2018 was awesome. I have all the money I need. I'm healthy. Relationships are good. Everything's fantastic. And then sometimes what happens? Complacency sets in. I've got it all. I'm blessed. Things are fantastic. Maybe I don't need to press on right now. I just wanna have things continue to go just like they're going. And we have to be careful from that as well, that we don't let complacency set in. You know, one question that I uh, often ask myself, I think it's interesting, and the question tends to come up when I just kinda get discouraged in life and I'm praying that prayer that I know we all pray often is come Jesus, please come. Like can today be the day? And what's interesting is that's an that's a interesting prayer for me because on one hand, I'm going, man, wouldn't it be awesome? Can't we get out of this world and just enjoy paradise starting today? On the other hand, I gotta be careful because that's also a selfish prayer because there are people that are dying and going to hell. And I wanna be careful that I wrestle with the question of why do you think God has you here still? Why? What's the one thing that you can do now and here that you will not be able to do in heaven? Share the gospel truth. I'm not here to to man enjoy some 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 nice uh, you know trips to the mountains, or I'm not here to have some great fellowship. Uh, There's a lot of things, they're good things. But that's not what I'm here for because my best version of my best days here on earth are nothing compared to what they will be in eternity. And yet God still has me here for a reason. And if God still has me here for a reason, it's probably pretty smart that I would not only know what it is, but that I would do it because I'm on a mission. God has you on a mission. So resolution number one, that we would resolve to press on. Resolution number two. If we look at verses 17 and 18, resolve to learn from godly examples. Verse 17 says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the command, companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Now, don't hear me wrong. This is not a uh, suggesting that we should not live with the lost. You wanna live like Jesus did, you're gonna live with lost people. You're gonna mix it up with lost people. The only way you can be salt and light is to have interactions with lost people. But we also have to be really, really smart about having intentional biblical fellowship with other believers, other believers who are going to point us toward Christ. I wanna challenge you, uh, just hearing about the the home fellowships that are happening. (laughs) Don't leave today without signing up for one of those. You and I, we need to be in those small group settings. I have enjoyed the the before time fellowship and the five minutes in, you know, fellowship time during, and even the fellowship after. That's not where you're gonna do deep life with other believers. That's not where you're gonna get to really share your hurts and your habits and your hang-ups. That's not where you're gonna really celebrate in each other's joys. That's gonna happen in the context of a small group. And I'm so glad that this church is committed to not only rows, but also circles and I encourage you to make sure that you are a part of a small group. There's also, I wanna wanna also encourage you when it comes to the area of mentorship. And this is my, my simple question for you. Every single one of us, I believe, should be able to answer the question either who is mentoring us or who are we mentoring? And it is possible to do both, but I hope that you're at least doing one. We need godly mentors. And what's interesting about mentors is, have you ever met a mentor who feels qualified to be a mentor? I've never met one that goes, I just want you to know, I'm like really qualified at this and you're lucky to have me, okay? If you ever have a mentor share that with you, run. That's not who you want. And so what happens is there are so many of you that would make fantastic mentors, not because of your qualifications because but of God's qualifications. Where you can say, "Look, can you pray for somebody? Can you read the word with someone?" Maybe you've got a couple years on you that you can share some life experiences, some places that God has has shown you some things. Well, if the answer is yes to those, you're qualified. The missing element is typically not qualifications, it's willingness. We do not know how many days we have. You don't know how many days you're gonna have. 2019 may be it. You may not have next weekend. There, are, there is such a need for godly mentorship. And I wanna challenge some of you to be willing to be a godly mentor. Ask your pastors, what's my next step? They'll point you to the right direction. Or say, look, I need a godly mentor. We need to live in community. We need to commit to coming to church weekly. I think the average church attendance in America is now something like 1.3 times a month That's not okay. We need to come together as a large group and we need to be together in small groups as well. We need mentors. So number one, we need to resolve to press on. Number two is we need need to resolve to learn from godly examples. Resolution number three, we need to resolve to live kingdom-minded. Verse 19 says, their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. Is that our world today or what? But this thing, if we're honest, you and I aren't excluded from that. How much of your time, just your mental time, do you think about this part? I spend way too much time thinking about this part not anywhere near enough time thinking about all of it and the investments that I can make in this part that are gonna have eternity impacts. But our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself Do you live like you're temporary here? We've both, uh, my wife and I have rented places that we've lived in and we've owned homes that we live in and it's a total different mentality. We we don't, we've we've nested in our home that we currently own or co-own with the bank to be honest with you, (laughs) but we're getting there but the temporary mentality, it's a very different mentality. Do you truly believe that this is just temporary? Are you living like your citizenship is somewhere else? You're just here on loan. You're just visiting with a purpose, with a mission. Matthew six thirty three says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And if we're honest this morning, how many times do we focus on the all these things? Man, I spend way too much time focusing on the all these things. Even though every single time God has always provided. Every single time God was perfect. He was enough. He was faithful. He's never let me down. His promises will all be made true. We can read about the faithfulness of God over and over and over and over. But if you notice, we're not a whole lot different than the the men and women in this book in the sense that um, no matter how faithful God was, we seem to screw that up time and time again. And yet God is still faithful. We need to seek the first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18 says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. Whatever it is that you are experiencing right now, Maybe life's never been better. Maybe life's never been harder. But it's momentary. It's momentary when you think about eternity. So let me ask you this morning, what things do you focus on? Where does your time go? Where does your talent go? Where does your treasure go? Are you making kingdom investments? Is night 2019 gonna are you gonna invest more than you did in 2018 in terms of kingdom investments? Are you generous with your resources? And I'm not just talking about money, but the Bible has an awful lot to say about being generous with our financial resources as well. Do you share Jesus with the lost? Does that bring you any anxiety, the fact that there are people that are dying and going to hell? Some you know well, some that you love, some that you don't know at all, at all, and yet Jesus died on a cross for them. Does that give you burden? Paying the rent might give you a burden. Something went sideways with your kids, that might give you a burden, keep you up at night. Man, we're we gonna have enough to retire? That might give you some sense of anxiety, uh, a health issue, man. There's a spot where there's not supposed to be a spot. Those things all, uh, understandably so, are gonna are gonna give us some, some worry, some caution, some some in our flesh. We're gonna have some sense of, of anxiousness over the those things. But do we have? Do we have similar anxiousness or anxiety or worry over the fact that there are people that need Jesus? And this is crazy, that God actually may want to use you to be the one to tell them. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me, but he chooses to use me. Why am I here, God? Because God wants to use me. He wants to refine me. Number one was, resolution number one was to resolve to press on. Number two was to resolve to learn from godly examples. Number three was to resolve to live kingdom-minded. And number four, resolve to stand firm. Chapter four, verse one. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved, We live in a day and age where standing firm is not very popular. Standing firm on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the scheme of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. and having done all to stand firm. We are in war, and we have to remember that. The demons don't sleep. We spend a lot of time sort of in the the war between flesh and blood. And there is a spiritual battle taking place, and we need to stand firm. And Ephesians tells us the armor of God consists of the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Standing firm means being rooted in the word of God. Remember, the attacks are coming. And what did Jesus do when Satan tempted him? He tended to respond with the phrase, it is written. It was written. When the attacks from the devil come, we need to know scripture to be able to stand firm. And we live in a day and age where just like in Genesis three, when, God, when Satan said, did God really say? And twist a little bit of what God said, just a tiny bit. And th- the impacts, we all know. Unbelievable, the impacts when you don't know the scriptures or when you change them just a tiny bit. Well, that hasn't changed. The devil played his hand way back then in the garden. It's still the same game he's playing, which is let me twist scripture just a little bit. Are followers of Jesus Christ going to be able to stand firm? Well, they're not going to if they don't know the word of God. They are not. Because when, twi- when scripture gets twisted, they're going to quickly slide a little bit over here. Or a little bit over here. Did God really say, that doesn't make sense, really? That doesn't seem loving. That doesn't seem caring. There's some things that I don't understand or I go, I may do it different if I were God. And let's all be thankful that I'm not. (laughs) I might do it a little different or I don't quite understand the way this works. Guess what? God is God for a reason. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. We don't necessarily understand it all, but it's his way, not our way. And to stand firm, we must must know what the word of God says and be in the word of God. It is our sword, scripture says. And it, it would not be wise to go to battle without your sword. Whether you choose to go to battle or not, the battle still is happening. But if you're gonna be effective in the fight, you better bring your sword with you. Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You wanna know what the will of God is for your life? Know the scriptures. Live out the scriptures. So what weapons this morning would you say that Satan is using to battle you with. Discouragement? Have you come discouraged this morning? Health concerns? Maybe marriage problems, family problems? You've got a teenager who's gone sideways. Maybe you're a teenager and you've got a parent who's gone sideways. <laughs> Financial burdens? Job loss? I don't know what it is. An addiction? Paul tells us this morning, we need to stand firm. We need to use the sword, which is the word of God. Be in the word. So four resolutions. Resolutions that, uh, unlike maybe the resolution that you made that you already failed in, or the resolution that you didn't make because you didn't want to fail in it, to those that name the name of Jesus Christ, these are not optional. To be obedient to the word of God, we must resolve to press on. We must resolve to learn from godly examples. We must resolve to live kingdom-minded. We must resolve to stand firm. And there's a hymn that um, came to my mind as I was preparing for this. It's very, very simple, and I don't know about you, but I... There are, there are hymns that the Lord brings to my mind and I can be anywhere. And that hymn will just run on repeat over and over and over. And it gets my mind in a godly place. And one of my favorites is called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. I just want you to think about 2019. I want you to think about today. I want you to think about tomorrow. I want you to think about 2019, that Lord willing, that in a year, maybe we'll all still be here. Even better, Lord willing, maybe we'll all be in glory. But I want you to think about 2019. I want you to think about whatever it is that just got you bummed out or... or, or goofed up or something keeping you from being able to press on. And whenever those moments come, and we know they're gonna come, here's some simple words that we can sing. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. And the light of his glory and grace. Let me pray. I'll invite the worship team up. Heavenly Father, uh, as we are not just even two weeks into 2019, we we do look forward to your return. Come, Jesus, come. But Father, we do recognize that as Paul did our job's not to try to figure out when you're coming or just say, "Man, we just want to coast until you're here." Our job is to press on. To stand firm. And father, we recognize we're on a mission. But that doesn't mean there's just not a whole lot of things that as we look at that little little portion of the rope, that represents our life. It doesn't mean that in our flesh there's not things that just weigh us down. Father, I just pray that we would surrender to those things this morning, that they would not keep us from being effective and living godly lives and being able to share the truth and the hope that we have with those that are lost. Father, when those moments come, I just pray that we would turn our eyes upon Jesus, that that would be daily what we do. Father, I just thank you for this morning and the chance to study the word. And I just pray that these words from your word would not be something that, man, we just, we feel good and and then we walk out of here and nothing changes. Just trust in the power of your Holy Spirit to do work. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're we're gonna sing another hymn. It must have been hymn week for me this week, but. Before we sing it, I'm gonna gonna read the the words to it because I know for me, especially hymns that are familiar, sometimes I'll realize I can sing the whole thing through and I'm not even remembering what I sang. And sometimes when you read a hymn, it has a different impact than when you sing it and we're gonna read it and then we're gonna sing it. And this is another favorite of mine and it's my hope is built on nothing less. And when you sing the song Cornerstone, I know you guys sing that song and, and, and parts of this lyric shows up in that song, but this is definitely the, the old school version. It says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, my righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And I love the fact that they repeated it I wanna say it again, all other ground is sinking sand, just in case you didn't catch that the first time. (laughs) When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood, support me in the warming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, O may I then in him be found, in him my righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne.
1: You've been listening to The Rock's podcast. Our regular services are held on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. in Santa Rosa, California. If you'd like to learn more, please visit our website at cctherock.org.